A Woman's Soul Restored Podcast talks about rediscovering hope, happiness, and the things that can happen in life that can take away your essence. Latanya and her guests focus on the traumas that may have made you a victim and discuss measures that can be implemented to turn your negative into victory. Topics are discussed that are hard to hear but necessary for growth, vitality, and newness in life after a trauma. Latanya has a bachelor's degree in human services with a minor in psychology. She has been the founder and president of a local nonprofit for women for almost 20 years. She is an ordained minister, a published author of several books, and she has a love for helping people. Latanya's mission is to help women understand that trauma does not define who they are, just like it did not define who she was. Helping women be healed and restored from their past trauma, sharing the stories of women that have overcame their various trials, and bringing awareness of various issues that encompass women is a standard that the podcast has embraced for the past three years. Welcome to the A Woman's Soul Restored Podcast with Latanya Y. Hendry. Hello and welcome to A Woman's Soul Restored. This is LaTanya Hendry and I just want to say to the listeners, y'all are truly, truly awesome. Um, just a response from Carolyn's episode last week with, and it was a common theme to the emails that How could her voice be so peaceful? And the only thing I could say about that, which I did respond to many of the emails, is that's just the grace and peace of God. The peace and joy of God that surpasses all understanding that can give you that type of peace after you have been through any kind of trauma, any kind of abuse. That peace is attainable through the love of God. So I thank her, her book release, and I'm recording this on Tuesday. Y'all are here Wednesday. But her book release was actually yesterday. And the link was posted on everywhere that I posted um, her episode. So please go out and support Carolyn Rice and her book, um, I know it's going to be a number one hit. I know it's going to be a bestseller. Very humbled woman. Very, you could tell the grace of God is just all over her. No, we've never met, but some people you could just tell what what is in them and what's piercing through them. So we wish her blessings and just favor surrounding her with her new book and thank her for taking time out to do that episode last week i would also like to say that um, this being domestic violence awareness month um, one of the emails i got troubled me because i thought we were past that era where if we hear something or hear a neighbor or hear something out of order that we just turn the blind eye But one of my emailers last week let me know that she really 
did not feel it was any of her business because it was not coming from her household but she wanted to know how could she report it what do she need to do to remain anonymous and i let her know you know i know if you call the 911 in your area i think they're able to detect your address just in case they get a call and you're unable to speak there's no way to go at but i don't think you have to say who you are when you do a call um to report something and i let her know that it's best to report it because she said it, it gets really bad and she was concerned about the children that were in the house and i let her know my concerns about not being vocal until now because she said it was going on for about two years they just moved into the neighborhood about two and a half years ago and into her neighborhood and she noted that the noises started around two years ago probably about six months after they were in there so that troubled me to know that this person has been going through abuse or even if it's not abuse something is going on where the noises and the screams are just to the point where is notable but um she did put in her email that someone else had called the police and the she don't know if they're married or not and that's a whole nother topic about us knowing our neighbors and and you know being on a level with them till we know you know at least be cordial to know if they're married or not but she said she didn't know if that was her husband or her boyfriend but um i'm assuming when she got there she said nothing happened so i'm assuming that she um the young lady did not choose to press any kind of charges or go any further with the call so I just want us and I was impressing on her and I'm going to impress at this time that we have to be diligent with our neighbors we have to let our neighbors know that we are concerned about the noises we hear and the things that um may be happening to them we have to show a level of concern and I appreciate you all because some of you are real blatant and honest about your feelings about certain things and I you know we all have a commonality in what we've gone through or similar experiences but the viewpoints are different but I do appreciate you using this platform to send your emails in and some of them like i said go into detail and they're very hard to read but i try to read all of them within the week because i want to go to the new week fresh so that one kind of you know had me perplexed because i couldn't hear that and not I would call and I wouldn't be anonymous. I would want to, you know, I want him to know that I'm there and I'm paying attention. And if I hear a noise, I'm going to call. I know it's ramifications for that because some men, you know, that they don't like that. They don't like the person that's intrusive in their business. But it's not your business when you're being abusive. It's not your business. And that's a whole nother topic for a whole nother day. But I just wanted to bring that up about 
us being our brothers and sisters keeper us really being attentive to what we hear or the things we observe and not to dismiss it but to act on it and act as if you if it was happening to you and no one called how would you feel what would you do so just be mindful of the things that um we see and what we choose to do with that information after we see it also um today is a first because i have a guest that's choosing anonymity meaning she's going to be anonymous i've never had an anonymous guest before so this is a first but i'm looking forward to her story i'm looking forward to what she has to say and during this episode she will be referred to as susan so and i'll probably tell why the name susan as we get into her episode but today on a woman's soul restored we're going to go into the secrecy of abuse the secrecy of abuse so be sure to tune back in you all know what to do um just get someplace and get comfortable and be ready to hear what susan has to say today the secrecy of abuse so be sure to come back Body Beautiful is an all-natural, organic products retailer. The company has pure, unrefined shea butter, body butters, scrubs, blended body oils for men and women, specialty custom gift baskets, and so much more. The address is 1902 Clemson Street in Savannah, Georgia. The number is 912-550-4600. Two eight. That's nine one two five five zero four six two eight. The products is are also exclusively sold at Eccentric Studio One Art Gallery and Boutique, located at three o nine West Julian Street in City Market in Savannah, Georgia. So check out Body Beautiful for all of your natural product needs. It's a great day for your body to be beautiful the website is www.yourbodyisbeautiful.com that's www.yourbodyisbeautiful.com and beautiful is spelled b-e-a-u-t-i-i-f-u-l so be sure to put those two i's in there visit the website the physical location or eccentric studio one art gallery to find all of body beautiful products right that's right for you well hello to you how are you doing today i'm good love how are you i am great first of all i want to take this opportunity to welcome you to a woman's soul restored and to say thank you for trusting this pl- platform to share your story oh, you're welcome oh wonderful wonderful earlier that you wanted to remain anonymous so for this call 
I will be referring to you as Susan. I feel more comfortable saying Susan than anonymous caller. So um, Susan is a name I wish I had as a child because I hated LaTanya. <laughs> so I think Susan is a pretty name. Um, humbling name. So we're going to use Susan for today. So um, before we get into your story, what prompted you to want to share your story? Actually, I was going through listening to your podcast at work. And I was like, I need to tell my story. Someone needs to heal this. This can help heal someone and set someone free to move forward on in life. Mm. Mm. That's a wonderful reason why. That's why I do this podcast. So someone could either get their healing or get the unction to want to share their story to help someone heal because that's what we all want to do. We all want to be happy and we all want to heal. So I'm not going to prolong it. Um, whenever you're ready, you can share what you want to share of your story. Okay. Well, growing up as a child, I was extremely shy, very timid, you know, the slightest yell at me and I would break down and cry as a child mm. but the sad part about that it followed me into adulthood okay it wasn't okay. until I was in my 40s so I learned to release and that, mm. that was part of my past and my mm. past no longer hurts me because mm. it's in the past and I had to realize that I had to stop bringing it up. Wow. You know, sometimes in our minds, we love things over and over. Maybe if I did this or maybe if I did that, it's in the past. It's right. said, it's done. Only thing you can do is learn from it and move forward. Mm. Mm. So what was it that was maybe in your past that had you feeling that way? As a child, I was molested. Mm. And I realized that I didn't do anything wrong. It was mm -hmm. another person. Yes. But as children, we think we're doing something wrong because that's the way they tell you the story. Right. Right. Were you able to share it with anyone or did you have to keep it or... Were you told to keep it? I can remember what happened. I remember I was home. I was home by myself. And my mom used to have a look at how. So I didn't drink, but I was smoking cigarettes. And this one person came to the house, and I didn't realize they had a key to our house. Mm. So they caught me smoking. I'm just being a kid, doing what I seen other people do. Right, right. And I remember they took me in my mom's room. Mm. And they touched me inappropriate. Mm. And what they told me, because I was hesitant at first, well, if you don't, I'm going to tell your mama what she was doing. Mm. You're going to get a beating, and my mom would beat me as a child. And I didn't okay. want to get a beating. Right, right. Wow. So after he did what he did, he said, one more thing, you can't tell anyone because you're going to get a beating. Mm. So I never told to like some years later when I was like in high school. Okay. 
this was like from the age of 10 to the age of 13. That's a lot. And I remember and that. Hmm? I was going to say that's with most kids. Um, we are afraid of beatings. I know I was afraid of a beating as a child. I got beatings as well. And that was used against me a lot. Um, you get a beating or you get in trouble. Mm-hmm. And I believed it. So um, it just brought back a memory for me. But go ahead. Go ahead. And I remember how it came about. I was looking at, you know, when we was in high school, we used to look at Oprah. We'd come home, we'd go to school, look at Oprah, and come back the next day and talk about it. Well, on this particular segment, it was like two sisters and their dad had been molesting them. Mm-hmm. And people couldn't understand why, how you let him do that? That's not love. But I understood what they was going through. Mm-hmm. Because that's what you grew up. That's what you knew. This is right. what he told you. So you right. figure this is going on in every household. Right, exactly. Mm. And then the memories started coming back to me. Mm. And there was an episode with Oprah where there was a guy, he was a molester, and somehow he got, I forgot how he got, but he got custody of his child. But he put up a safeguard so he was never alone with her. He always had someone in the house. Even if the little girl wanted to sleep on him, he wanted her to have a normal life as possible. Mm-hmm. So he would always have someone there that was to keep him in check. The okay. man was like, I did my time. I did what I had to do. Now I'm here to protect my daughter. Okay. I don't want her to go through what I put someone else through. Hmm. That's interesting. And he, and he said something. He said, adults and children do not have secrets. Mm-hmm. You should never have a secret with an adult or a child. Right. That, right. Th- that yeah. Those two don't go together. That is so true. And they use that as you being quiet and mm-hmm. using intimidation. Like, you'll get in trouble. And most kids don't want to get in trouble. We want to please our parents or whoever our guardians are. So we heed the warning and we don't say anything. Hmm. So who was the first person that you told when you did share what happened to you? I I told my mom. Hmm. And she didn't believe me. That's why I was about to ask, did she believe you? He had convinced her that I just wanted boys in the house. Wow. wow. See, this man had money. Okay. But okay. the strange thing about it was this man was also married. My mom was his girlfriend. Gotcha. Okay. So okay. in my mind, I'm trying to figure out uh, you got two wrong women. Why you want to touch a child? Exactly. But he already had an issue to even was doing what he was doing. So his issue was deeper than having a wife and a girlfriend on the side. He had some other issues as well. And I remember when I told my mom, he came back for me with a vengeance. I remember one time I was getting ready to take a bath. 
And I thought I locked the door, not realizing that the lock that they had on there was broken. That's why they had like a like a bolted lock up top. Right. But I wasn't paying attention as a child. Okay. And I remember I had a ran my bath while I was getting ready to get in the bathtub. And as I was getting, he opened up the door and was like, don't you want to take a bath? I mean, I went to screaming. Jesus. And my mama didn't hear me. Your mother was home? Yeah. Oh, wow. Oh, my Lord. That was very abrasive of him to do that while your mother was home. I mean, it was a point where he would grab me in the kitchen and try to kiss me. And my mom would be home. Wow. She would like be in her room. I know he was married, but how did he treat your mother? Um, put it what I was told, what he said one day was, he tried to do things for us, but our mom said let their dad do it, so he only supported her. Mm. So if we wanted anything as the kids, we had to go to our dad. Right. So through the years, did your mother ever believe you? Did she ever get to a point to where she realized that you were telling the truth? No. How did that make you feel? It it was hurtful because the one person who's supposed to take care of you, they didn't, they used you. Mm. And there has been other instances where she used me it's like you manipulated me to get what you wanted. Long as you were using me, you were happy. Long as I was sad and miserable, you were happy. Mm. And I couldn't understand that. And as a child, there was more than one person who tried to touch me. There was like three other people. You and said she like, had a, a liquor house? Yeah. Okay. But it was none of her... It was none of the people that came to the house. Oh, okay. Okay. She did ensure I was safe when they was there. Gotcha. Okay. That's an odd thing about that because my father ran a liquor house and I wasn't around him as a child, but he raised two of my younger sisters. And he protected them with everything. He made sure that those people that came there, you know, they were, my sisters were in the room and they weren't allowed to come out. So they had to get food and everything they needed Mm -hmm. before he like opened for business per se. But he made sure that they, you know, were safe and were not touched. So that's a, you know, I guess that's a commonality with, they're already doing something illegal. So let me protect my children, you know. Um, so growing up, what did that do to your personality, knowing that you experienced this with someone that was close to your mother and then your mother didn't believe you? Um, do you have children? I have four. Okay. What kind of mother did that make you? Were you guarded or? I was a little more protective. Okay. I understand that. I do. 
because um, we feel we weren't protected, so we have to protect our children. Um, I was a protector, but I did not communicate with them because my mom didn't communicate with me. Gotcha, gotcha, gotcha. I okay. mean, she made sure I had a roof over my head, food on the table, clothes on my back. That was it. There was no love. There was no bonding. Mm. Did you ever share with your children? Were they are they old enough to where you were able to share with them? I have never shared with them, and they're okay. old enough. Okay, I respect that. Um, so now, in your current state, when in your current emotional state, how are you? I'm a whole lot better than what I was. I had to realize that this was never about me. Mm. It was for God to get the glory. Mm. And I had to realize that coming up, it took me a while to realize that because I remember I told my first husband and it didn't turn out very well. Okay. He was like, well... I, it got to the point I didn't want to be touched because it, it brought back memories. Mm-hmm. And he, he was like, well, the only way you're going to get used to it is if someone keeps doing it. No. Oh, no. Oh, no. Mm. Wow. And I, I remember him asking me, to my, well, can I get a girlfriend? And I'm like, huh? Your husband asked you, could he get a girlfriend? Mm-hmm. I'm assuming that's why he was, was the ex. <laughs> <laughs> yes. 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 Yeah, that would make you an ex. <laughs> wow. Okay. I, okay. I never I never told my second husband. Okay. But it does, sometimes it does draw back memories. Sometimes when you're intimate, it makes you feel like you're being molested again. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I understand that. And a lot of my guests have said that as well, that um, in the intimacy moment where it should be, you know, you're relaxed and enjoying the person you're with, that they're having memories of things that happened to them in their past, whether it be as a child or a domestic situation or rape, but that comes back in those situations. And I have had those experiences where those memories have came back during what was supposed to be a special moment turned out ruined and most of the time I could not complete the act because the memories were overwhelming and that feeling that comes with those memories I was not able to manage that at that time so I would just stop and then of course the person you would get upset because they're in a men get in a state <laughs> let's just put it like that they get it in a way and once they're like that it's kind of hard for them to come down we can just shut down but it's harder for them to just shut down so um yeah that didn't always go over well so i completely understand that mm-hmm. yeah so as far as when you hear other stories because with me it took me a while to be able to 
hear someone else tell their story because I hadn't fully dealt with my own. Are you able to like listen to others as they tell their stories or similarities yes. in other people's yes. stories? Because okay. I realized I didn't do anything wrong. Right, right, right. Gotcha. Okay. Okay. Once I realized that, I'm like, it was wrong on their part. Right. And no one should ever have to suffer that. And I remember as a child saying, it was, it was so innocent. I was like, Lord, I, I never want to do this to anybody else's child. Mm. And he has kept me. Yes. Because yeah. the way molestation is passed on, it's going to get them to victim to victim. Yes, yes, yes. And that's good you had the mindset to pray that because a lot of abusers were victims themselves. And it does. I think I did an episode two weeks ago about the generational abuse and between my mother and grandmother and even great-grandmother. So it spread through the generations because nobody addressed it. But because I made a stance, my daughter didn't have to experience what all the generations before her experienced. And I also raised my sons not to put their hands on anybody's daughter. Walk away. If you y'all have to get to that point, you'll need to be with that person, but not put your hands on anybody's daughter. Even if they put their hands on you, you walk away. So I have not heard anything about them being those type of young men. I thank God for that. I thank God that my daughter have not experienced anything like that. Um, and I, I'm is prayer works. Just what that when we when we pray and move on what we pray on, it really really makes a difference. Um, so do you out of your four children, do you have a daughter? Yes. Okay. Are you more guarded with her than with your boy? Well, you say they're older, so when they were smaller, were you more guarded with your daughter than your sons? Yes, but then I had to realize I had to let her live her life because my mom didn't let me go outside. It wasn't because I was bad or anything. It was just I just couldn't go outside. I don't know what she thought I was going to do. I mm. remember as a child, I literally had to sit home all day and wait for him to come to the house to give him a telephone number to call my mama. Wow. So like every day before he went to work, he would come by and I had to be there. I couldn't go outside. Mm-hmm. So you're talking like about two to three every day at mm-hmm. least in the house and get to give someone a number. When you were a child, did you have, I know you didn't share it, but did you have anyone close enough to you where you felt you may have wanted to share it, but just didn't? No, out of fear. I feared my mother. No. I didn't want anything getting back to her. Okay. Okay. No siblings? My brothers are years older than me. Gotcha. I have one that's 13, one that's 12, and one that's 3. Okay. And one that's three years older than me. That summer, when I when I started getting molested, he went to go visit my older brothers. Oh, okay. So for the so summer, he, he was gone. So I was there by myself. Gotcha. 
Okay. So, I'm trying to really, in in your mind, when your mother did not believe what you told her, if your children had came and told you a similar story of something that had happened to them. I'd be locked up. I wouldn't okay. be on this interview right now. Okay. Okay. And most of us are like that as well. We're not going to let anything like that happen to our children. Um, not and we are able to do anything about it physically. So I do understand that and I get that. I only had one guest that really, well, I got her episode saved, so I'm not going to, she didn't want to air yet. We did it last year and she said she'll let me know when she's ready for it to air, but so I'm not going to say anything about that one yet. But um, it's more so that you have we have maternal inst- instincts in us. And when we hear or even think that our children are in danger or somebody's even messing with them, something kicks up in us. But sadly to say, all parents are not like that. I know here... I live in Savannah and we had a case for about, went on for about a week straight where this 18 month old baby was missing. And the story didn't sound right from the beginning, but the police have now, you know, made a decision to pronounce that baby deceased. And the mother is a prime suspect. And we hear that a lot about mothers. um, And everybody refers back to the Casey Anthony story where, you know, she killed her children and said that a um, black man tried to hijack her car, tried to um, take her car and took her car and, and just, and the whole story was a lie. And through the years, it's been a lot of those stories where one lady drove her, her and her kids in the lake. One lady put her car in drive and her kids were in the car. You know, various mm-hmm. things of, mother's not having that something's happened to where that maternal instinct is either not there or something happened to them that they suppress it and don't are not able to connect to when their children really need them the most and it's sad because we live in a world so now that we're relying on material things and money yes 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 exactly um Money doesn't make it better. It doesn't make it pay. Our children, you know, they like things and they like to go places, but they want us. They want us present. They want us there with them. They want us available. And when we try to substitute that with either money or pushing them off on somebody else or or leaving them home alone, you know, it kind of distorts your opinion of, what parenthood is supposed to be it either makes you a better parent when you when it's your time to be a parent or it you pick up those habits and you either do the same thing that was done to you or you do worse so it either works out or it doesn't work out and the child in that next generation is the one that either benefits or suffers Mm -hmm. and i realized some of those habits i did pick up 
from my mom. Mm. But as I got older, I realized I had to change. I mean, I had to apologize to all my kids. Okay. Would that be keeping them in the house? No, I just, I was there, but then I wasn't there. Okay. Gotcha. Gotcha. Um, mine was keeping them in the house. I was afraid to let them go anywhere. So um, they had to stay in the house. Unless I went with them, we would go together. Or they had to stay in the house. They could not be out. And, and they were older, they're teenagers. I mean, when they got like 14, 15, I would let them go out. But when they were younger, unless I was home, they could not like go out because and at that time I hadn't remembered what happened to me as a child but I just had this fear that if they went out something would happen to them so I kept them home and I did apologize later for that so that they wouldn't become those type of parents that keep their kids home out of fear um, I taught them how to pray so that when they did become parents they could pray over their children and I would pray over them before they got on the school bus and stuff so um, you're right sometimes we pick up those habits because I wasn't allowed to go out I was sickly for one thing I was an asthmatic so I couldn't go out much I had allergies I was the Urkel so I couldn't go out much without getting sick but then when I wasn't sick I still couldn't go outside so I kind of right. picked that up as well as the not going outside um, because something's out there and it's going to happen to you. When in reality, something was happening to me in the house. So I was in more danger in the house probably than I was outside. Yeah, I mean, I wasn't sickly. I just couldn't go outside. It's like I, It was like you didn't want me to learn about life because you wanted to keep me there so you could manipulate me. Not mm. to shield me but to manipulate me. Right, right, right. That's a, that's a intriguing story, Susan. Um, and I'm glad to hear that you have really bounced from that. And I know that's the grace of God that has brought you to a place to where you're okay. And you did not become what had happened to you. Um, so I applaud you for that. I applaud you for sharing your story today. Um, because it takes courage, even anonymously, it takes courage to even say it in a space to where others are going to hear it and to relive that stuff as you're talking about it. So I just want to say I thank you for coming forward and sharing what had happened to you because it happened to a lot of us. Um, a lot of the emails I got get is from women that have been in some kind of way either abused as a child, manipulated as a child, used as a child, child pornography, um, selling their children for crack, and they were sold for drugs and just a variant of things that happened to us as children. So for you to have the courage to come forward and say, this happened to me. I'm okay. I have four children and they're okay. It's a blessing. So I thank you again for sharing your story today. You're welcome. But I also realized that this took me all the way to adulthood to the point my mom used to talk 
down to me. Hmm. So I thought that was normal. Okay. For people to talk down to me until I was an adult. To one day I was like, God, I'm tired. What what did I do? Hmm. And it was like, say something. Hmm. And ever since then, I've been saying something. That is good to hear. That's good to hear. When did that happen? How old was, were you? I was in my forties. Wow. Okay. So it took a long time. Because as a child, it seemed like my voice didn't matter. Every time I would say something, she would belittle me. So I just mm-hmm. kept kept quiet. Okay. Is your but mother I, still living? No, she's deceased. Okay. I'm sorry for your loss. Thank you. But I realized that my voice does man. I do have a right to my opinion, whether it's right or wrong. Right. And right. I also remember when I was like in sixth grade, I started acting up in school. And come to feel like that was a cry for help, that something was wrong. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. But at the time, I didn't realize that. Right. We we just you just thought I was just acting up. Yes. But then and, it was a cry. Yes, yes. And that's the difference in the training from back then until now. Because back then, it was a cry, but it wasn't looked at as a cry for help. It was looked at as your, your child acting up. Mm-hmm. But now the teachers have been trained to look for signs when a child is in distress and they act out. You know, that may be a sign that they need help. So the whole training process and how we think about child abuse has totally revamped over the years. And I'm so glad for that, that children do have a voice. And some of them will openly say what's happening to them, but some of them will just act out out of fear or or punishment or whatever. So they begin to act out. And if that good student starts acting out, then yeah, that's, that's something. And it might be they're just acting out, but you need to make sure that it's just them and not because something's going on in the home or they're afraid of something or getting abused. So I'm glad through the generations that we have taken a stronger approach to child abuse and domestic abuse and rape and those things that women go through that weren't looked at as serious, you know, um, abusers used to get like a little slap on the wrist when they did get caught. You know, they do like maybe a year, 18 months, and then they're released like it wasn't anything that they did, but they basically destroyed a child's life. And they got a year or 18 months, if that. So I'm so glad that the punishment, that the judicial system has caught up with, and sometimes it's still not fair, the sentencing that they get, but it's getting better. So that's why we still have to continue to fight to advocate so that our laws, lawmakers can see that, no, we're not accepting this anymore. They can't get a light. Yes, as we wrap up, did anything ever happen to him? He, as you know of, did he try to do this to anyone else? Did he get no. caught? No. 
not sure what's happened to him. Well, it, 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 we have to pay for the things we do in this life. So if he did not get penance for it here, he'll get penance for it. But, yeah, I understand. I understand now, but at the time I didn't. You right. know, it was because I had to realize your flesh might want to see that person hurt. And for a moment, you, you might see them suffer. Right. But you're still going to be captive in that moment as a child mm. after it's over with yes. yes yes so I had to learn to forgive him and my mother mm. and it took me longer to forgive my mother than it did for me to forgive him understandable because that was the person that was supposed to protect you and believe you when you come to her with something and that didn't happen so it's, it's almost like if you get cheated on and well I'm not going to use that because most of the time especially with women we forgive the men and, and hold it against the women so I can't use that as an example but I understand what you're saying <laughs> um, we, we take it out on the woman and the man is able to come back home if he's ever you know left in the first place but we tend to take it out on that person but with you and with us we look at that person that was supposed to guard us and believe us and be there for us and you know let us know it's going to be all right hold us and coddle us and do whatever need to be done to get justice for us and when that doesn't happen yeah it's harder to forgive that person um but i'm glad to hear that you did you know forgive them and that was your part of your healing to forgive them Yes, I had to realize the Lord had to tell me it, it was never about me. It was about him getting his glory out of this. And I was thinking, well, how are you going to get glory out of this? I'm, I'm hurt. I'm pained. Mm. But I still kept you. You're still here. You told you need to tell your story so someone else can learn and benefit yes. and recover. Yes. yes That's yes. how he gets his glory out of this. Mm. So true. So true. Wow. So as we prepare to end, uh, it has been very intriguing. So unless you have something else about your story you want to share before you give your like um, last part. Anything else you would like to share about your story? That, it, that you need to open up and get counseling if you have to. Hmm. Because in, in my mind as an adult, I was going to go to counseling. And I was you no know, looking through, and the God Lord had already told me it was never about you. It was about, about me getting my glory. That mm-hmm. was the answer I wanted to hear. In mm. my mind, someone was gonna tell me why she did this, why she let him do this, why he. That was in my mind. Right. And I remember right. I was having a conversation with a group, which was like my therapy at the time, and the woman said, "Uh, baby, your mama dead." Mm. How are you going to get the answer? And that's when the Lord came back and said, it was never about you. It was about me getting glory. And mm. that's when I truly released and had to let everything go. Wow. But if you don't get help, this can come to you all the way into adulthood. Mm-hmm. Yes. And I realized that with some of my past relationships, 
I was so timid, was scared what they said. And if they would say something, I would believe them. I'm not mm. like that anymore. You tell me something, you better be prepared to do it. Mm. But I was so timid and shy, wouldn't say anything. I would make facial expressions so you know it affected me. Mm-hmm. Yeah. 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 But I realized that came all the way back from my childhood. Because I never opened up. I never told anybody. And that's good you were able to make that connection because I I made my connection later in life as well. And it seemed like the later you make the connection, it seems like when you do realize it, it's like I lost so much of life because yes. I wasn't truly living it. Yes. You know, I was bound by this and I let this control yes. me. And now when you get that freedom, it's like, where did my life go? Yes. <laughs> Why did I waste my life on this on this when I could be feeling like how I'm feeling now if I just had released it and let it go yes. so I totally understand that um, and that's why I'm glad that younger listeners listen to this podcast so that they can at an early age address these issues and, and live a full life and not look back at it in your 40s and 50s and think about your 20s and 30s and wonder where did it go <laughs> where mm-hmm. did it go so again, I thank you for your advice. I thank you for your transparency and your honesty of saying what happened to you, how it made you feel, um, even how it affected you as a parent um, and having to go back to your children and apologize because even that's hard sometimes. You know, you it's not demeaning or it's not, it doesn't d- diminish your authority to go back to your children and say, you know what, I, I made an error. I'm sorry. But it makes them respect you more to know, okay, if my mama can do that. It's okay. You know, I if I make a mistake with my child, I can apologize to them too. And I think we need to embrace that more. You know, we use the authority thing and even if we make a mistake, we don't want to tell the child we're sorry, but yeah, just growing up and now. Yeah, because growing up in our times, it was like you were seen and not heard. Exactly. You better not have said nothing. <laughs> our parents would never came to us and apologize for what well, I. You're the child. What do you apologize to you for? Right. And that's not the mentality we need to have. Exactly. Exactly. And I'm glad we're embracing that as some of us are grandparents now. Are you a grandparent yet? Yes. Okay. So it, it helps us because I have two. And it helps me even with them. You know, if if anything, and I'll say, I, I call him Duke and Duchess. I'll be Duke, I'm sorry. And he'll be like, okay, Duchess. You know, and he'll save it back. If he's done something or if he's acting out, I'll be like, all right, now. And he'll see my face. He's like, Duchess, I'm sorry. And he'll hold his hand down. I'll say, it's okay. Come give me a hug. And he'll hug me and stuff. So it's we didn't get that as children. No. You know, that that whole mentality was different on how we were raised, and like you said, seen but not heard. Mm-hmm. So even if something was done wrong, even if you know that parent or guardian did you wrong, you better have kept that to yourself. Because yeah. if they, even if you shared it with somebody else, they were close and in that community, and they would say, well, your child came and told me so-and-so, and then you'd be in trouble from both of them. Yeah, you know so, so-and-so just be lying, and they trying yeah. to be like so-and-so, and 
Yeah, so um, the the dynamic is changing, and yeah, we still got room to grow. But just even legally, even as parental and grandparent figures, that whole dynamic has changed and made us better people. Even though we experience what we have experienced, like you said, is for God's glory, and because it's for His glory. It started out for our bad, but it ended up for our good because it shaped us into who we are. Yes. I'm so happy that your story ended out well because we have stories where they don't end up well. Suicide because they can't deal with the memories or... Thought about that too. Yes. that's, That's a commonality. Suicidal thoughts and cutting as um, I had my sister, my biological sister on here twice actually and and her first interview was about cutting and we were not raised together so that was my first time hearing her discussing the pain that she went through that resulting in her injuring herself and as I researched it after her interview, it's more dominant than we would think that as you go through abuse and you don't know how to handle it. The thing is to hurt yourself and you get some kind of gratification from that self-inflicted pain than from somebody else giving you pain. Mm-hmm. But my heart went out to my sister because I was like, I, I wouldn't have guessed it. I would not have known. And she like the scars have healed up over the years, but I, she was a deep cutter. And I was like, oh my God. So yeah, we find ways to cope yeah. when we we can't talk we find other ways and they're not good ways sometimes oh we become a people pleaser like i did Mm. whatever it did to make someone else happy doesn't matter if i was happy as long as you was happy wow wow that too yeah pleasing Mm. others and but that's not good for your mental because you're so busy trying to make them happy till you're miserable and then you're crying up, but why I'm not so ha- why I'm not happy? Because you're worried about what they think of you. Right. That became that came along with me as an adult, worrying about what other people thought of me. Mm. So I would not do things because I wanted people to like me. I wouldn't say anything because I wanted people to like me. I wouldn't voice my opinion because I wanted people to like me. Wow. But through it all, it's like I'm not happy. Mm-hmm, exactly. I'm not doing anything to this person to make them treat me like this. Mm. You know, so if I'm, hey, how you doing? And you're just nasty. I'm like, and I always thought that I did something. So that's why the people treated me like that. Wow. But in reality, I didn't do anything. Right. Right. And right. it makes you self-doubt yourself because people have told you so many negative things mm-hmm. that you're never going to amount to anything. No one's ever going to want you. You're ugly. I see why they treat you. I see why they did that. And, and that's all, true. That's all true. that stays with you. Yes. But like I say, by the grace of God, he let me run. That's not true. That's not who I called you to be. Mm. You have a right to your opinion. You have a right to voice your opinion. You have the right to say no. Yes. Yes. 
it doesn't matter what they think it's matter what I think amen to that amen to that that's why we have to be careful what we say to our children but we also have to be careful what we say to other adults because we don't know what they have been through mm-hmm. or what they are going through and just the us being whatever thinking we're helping but causing more damage than good and just in our speech so we have to be careful when we're dealing with and talking to others but especially with our children we have to be careful because that grows up in them and it causes their emotional health to not be healthy it causes them to doubt they second guess themselves like you said people pleasers and they're hurting in the process but they don't know how to heal from it so they just continue so i thank you for sharing that tidbit as well because our speech is important um they said words cannot hurt Uh, whether sticks and stones may break my bones but words will never hurt me words will hurt you yes they will words will hurt you words can hurt to the core especially if it's coming from people that are close to you. I could take those words from a stranger, have taken them from a stranger, but if a family member says that exact same thing that that stranger said, seem like it hurts more because that's somebody that's close to me. So yeah, we, we got to dismiss those old wives tales about the things that are supposed to be funny or we're not supposed to take seriously. Some things will hurt us, but like you said, through God's grace, we're able to deal with them better now because we he has healed us from the inside and we're able to not be people pleasers but God pleasers and do what is pleasing in his sight and everything else will fall into place so true amen amen so once again I thank you so much for sharing your story and just being detailed and I enjoy talking to you to be honest and Before we leave, do you have any parting inspiration or encouraging words that you would like to share with our listeners? Just know that you matter Mm. to God. Mm. And you don't have to keep quiet. You have a right to voice your opinion. You have the right to speak up. My thing is you always have a right to your opinion long as you are respectful. Mm. They don't have to like it. If you don't like what they say, it's okay. If they don't like what you say, it's okay. But you still have a right to your opinion. And you have, I have to learn that you have to learn to walk away sometimes. You don't have to stand there and take it. Mm -hmm. See, the enemy used to play on my mind and say, you have to do it because you can't do it without them. That's the trick of the enemy. Yes. Yeah, you might struggle. You might but God would send the right people at the right time to help you. Mm. I've seen him do it, so I know what I'm talking about. Amen. Amen. That's that thing we have to, we can agree to disagree Mm. and still respect one another. Your opinion don't have to be mine and mine don't have to be yours, but I still respect you as a person. And I think if we do that more, we are living a much better world. We'll be able to be ourselves and not be worried or in fear about what others think about what we're about to say. 
just say it and don't worry about what others are going to think about what you say. If that's what you want to say and if that's how you're feeling, go ahead and say it. We, we got to stop living for what we want others to perceive us as and just live for who God created us to be. So true. Amen. Amen. Mm-hmm. So I, I, I applaud you again and I wish you much blessings and much favor in your life and whatever you are doing i know god is going to bless it and he's going to continually bless you so thank you once again thank you for having me awesome awesome if you would like to send an email if you would like to um just send your thoughts about this episode or any episode send it to a woman's soul restored at gmail.com the website is www.livelifenowlovelifenow.net and the facebook page is a woman's soul restored please feel free to leave a review however you're listening to this podcast or even on my facebook page leave a review we want others to know that this message is getting out we do not have to take this anymore we thank god for his strength and for him giving us the courage to speak our voice and to be heard so for this week my guest susan this is latonya hendry with a woman's soul restored have a blessed week goodbye susan goodbye